How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's just jump right into today's discussion. So uh, I'm not going to lie. When I grew up as a kid, I was a huge nerd. I mean, the biggest nerd ever. Um, I was honestly like if you lived where I grew up at and, and then you looked at what I did, and what I prefer to do on my off time, you would be like, this kid needs help. And I think that's why a lot of my friends probably saw it that way as well, but I just could not help it. And luckily I had a a small niche of friends that um, going into middle school and early high school that I could gravitate around to kind of do this nerdy stuff with, but it was really hard to find people to do it with, um, to (laughs) do it with, to enjoy, um, nerd stuff around and I'll I'll go into more detail about what that is in just a second. And it's it's coming off way wrong at the very beginning. Um, But yeah, so I grew up in a small beach town in, in Florida, beautiful Island. Uh, We live like my family and where I grew up right on the beach, gorgeous area. Most kids at my age, what they would do is they would go surfing, skateboarding, biking, uh, you know, whatever, uh, like crazy stunt based like activities they would be doing that wakeboarding swimming snorkeling like all the all the cool stuff fishing and and don't get me wrong i enjoy doing all those things it's not like i didn't do those things but i wasn't like a majority of my friends where i enjoyed doing those things but a big preface of what i actually enjoyed was doing things that a lot of kids didn't enjoy doing during the summer. And what I looked forward to when I had time off from school was playing video games, um, getting into card games, obviously started off with the Pokemon cards, made my way up to Yu-Gi-Oh! And then I played uh, Magic the Gathering, played that for a while. And Pokemon was different. Everyone kind of got into Pokemon cards. Yu-Gi-Oh! Not so much. Not many people got into that, so it was really hard to find people. I had to go to my local bookstore where I would buy my cards from and I would have like my tournaments and and gaming sessions with them. And then um, my friend Michael, who I talked about yesterday, him and uh, my other friend Brian, they were kind of, Brian not so much, but Michael for sure was like into this. And it it was because of him that I learned a lot more about things outside of video games. Um, I would have learned about probably like card games as well just because they were a thing. And I had some friends as well that played the next thing after Yu-Gi-Oh for me, which was Magic, Magic the Gathering, which is like a more adult-themed, like it's a more fantasy-based card game. Um, but it was because of Michael that I learned about uh, something called Dungeons and Dragons, which introduced me to tabletop RPGs, which if you're not entirely sure what a tabletop, RPG, uh, tabletop RPG is, essentially it's... What you would see uh, like in um, the Big Bang Theory or like uh, you see like these kids playing with like miniatures and they roll dice and then they impersonate their characters. That's essentially what a tabletop game is. Um, And so Dungeons and Dragons, which most people now are familiar with because it's cool to be a nerd now. But like when I was growing up as a kid, being a nerd, especially where I grew up was not cool. It was like the bottom tier of of society. And if it wasn't for the fact that I was just friendly with everyone in my school, I don't even know how I would have survived middle and high school. 
But luckily for me, I was just always a nice person and everyone kind of gravitated around me and I, uh, or not gravitated around me, but like, uh, I was able to kind of have great relationships with all the popular kids, all like the skater kids. It was funny. Like the, the groups was like the skaters, the surfers, the football players, soccer players, uh, the popular kids, popular kids, the hot girls, the hot guys, um, the nerds and, I didn't really hang out with the nerds so much like and in, in going to school. Like I, I only hung out with them like outside of school doing like um, like during summer events. Like my mom at the time when she was working and, and my stepdad was working a lot, she would enroll me into what was called a parks and recreation program, which I loved actually. So whenever uh, she was working, I would just kind of be me and my brother. We would go and hang out with other kids that were in parks and rec as well. And we would go on field trips, daily field trips and it was really fun, and uh, we would always be indoors playing video games. And it was through that medium that I got to like enjoy playing like video games in a competitive way, and also um, learning a little bit more about card games. But I always loved the the idea of tabletop games because they allowed me to role play a person that I never thought I could ever become, like more confident, more of a leader, and more like. And I remember my first character uh, was a barbarian. He was a half-orc barbarian, and he was a dumb. Uh, I wasn't really dumb, so I wanted to make a character that was, like, really the opposite of what I was as a person. So pretty dumb, but, like, full of charisma and um, just reckless in general. And it was just, like, looking at this character was the complete opposite of what I was as a person, like, strong, like, beastly and like able to just take on whatever foes and jumps into any kind of fight. And that was the the character I had. And it was cool, like role playing this character. And and I had a lot of fun doing that. And I remember it was me. Michael was always the dungeon master. The dungeon master is essentially the person that creates the universe that you're playing in. And you're, um, you kind of, uh, you as a character, you, you play a character within the world that he creates. And so he controls everything else. You as the players, you control just your single character. And it was really fun. It was uh, at one point, it got up to like five of us that were playing. And it's cool now. Like now, every Sunday, I'm playing with Michael again uh, in a different RPG game. And one of the other kids I used to play with as well, one of his good friends, Jacob. And so it's cool to be doing that all over again. And and I'm not really talking about this per se because of what I'm doing on my Sundays because this is it's still a tabletop game or normally it's supposed to be, but we're doing it virtually, obviously because of COVID and because we live in different states. Um, but I, I've always enjoyed the nerd stuff. I, I think it's it was really great and it was really conducive and healthy for me because as a kid, I had a very difficult um lifestyle because I always felt conflicted as an individual because I never felt like I related with anyone in my school and like my interests was, were always all over the place like I always I loved history science but all like again I didn't hang out with the nerds in my school like I hung out with like the popular kids and so like I was kind of always like the odd man out in the group I was always the one that would help like friends like with their homework assignments if they needed help they would always invite me to go surfing and, and skateboarding and, and doing all like the cool, awesome outdoors activities. And I enjoyed doing those things, but I could never invite them to do what I enjoyed, except for like there was a few exceptions. There was like obviously like GoldenEye was a popular game for N64. There was Tony Hawk Skateboarder, which was a big uh, game. There was uh, Kelly Slater uh, Surfing. 
But like outside of those like few niche games, there wasn't like I definitely could never get anyone into like card games, never into like the tabletop games. So all of that stuff really revolved around my good friend Mike. Um, and again, like he's he's like a brother to me. Uh, him and his family are are second families to me, and. It was cool being able to kind of see these things because for once in my life, I felt like I really bonded and connected with with people that really understood me. And Michael was like someone that I really felt that I could connect with in a, a lot of different areas. Like uh, he was very creative and wanted to be a writer. And I, I appreciated people like that. I never was a creative individual. So I always loved hearing his stories because he always would, would come up with like great, great stories. And I think he gravitated around me because even though I was kind of like the like a nerd, I I still did like really cool like things outside of the, the nerd realm. And so I think he kind of appreciated seeing those things as well. And because a lot of his friends that he has, like a lot of his close friends, aren't like strict nerd like he is as well. At least the, the friends that we grew up as kids. I mean, when he obviously as we get older, we you know, we acquired new friends and I think all of his current friends now are, are at the same level as, as we were as kids. But, you know, I look at Brian, I look at myself and, and I, I can see like a lot of us, uh, or us, we didn't really have like a full blown, uh, uh nerd level as, as, as Michael, but at the same time, we all appreciated that we wanted something like that. And so we gravitated towards him and that's why we loved having Michael as a friend and always trustworthy and again like he's just a great person um but his whole family is honestly and playing Dungeons and Dragons was just an awesome game after I got into Dungeons and Dragons it allowed me to kind of understand RPGs in general and understand like the fantasy world because I never really ever enjoyed fantasy but after that I really got involved into all aspects of fantasy Harry Potter was starting to become a thing as a kid, but I never really got into that. And I think it was a lot because of the fact that I was enjoying fantasy that I started reading like uh, like Lord of the Rings novels, like The Hobbit. Um, I started, uh, that's when I got into Magic the Gathering because Magic the Gathering is like very fantasy themed. And I started playing a lot of my video games I started to play were more fantasy based as well. So I transitioned from shooter games to playing games like World of Warcraft or like Warcraft 3, World of Warcraft, Guild Wars, um, and for all you people that you don't really need to know the specifics of these games, honestly, they're they're just RPG games. But um, and uh, I one game that this whole podcast really is about because I'm super excited about it, and I I've been craving for a sequel to this genre for a long time because I love tabletop games. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy playing them a hundred percent, but when I'm not in the capacity. They're just not as fun unless you're in person with people. Uh, they really aren't. Like doing it virtually is great, and it's it's a great way to kind of um, tease that that bit of of like of yourself where you're like, man, I really w- want to like get back into this. But the pandemic and being a parent just makes it difficult. So I work with what I got, but I've always wanted to have a a modern game because Dungeons and Dragons goes through different editions. And so when I was a kid, it was in third edition. Uh, as I got older, it went to fourth edition. I didn't really play RPGs at that point in my life. That's when I went to to become like a uh, went from introvert to extrovert in my lifestyle. So I, I kind of put away all my nerdiness for for a little bit while I entertained being like this suave, womanizing type of guy. Which eventually I, I 
I went away from and went back to my nerdy aspect. Like I went to the in-between, like the cool extrovert that enjoys being an introvert, whatever they want and, and, and bouncing back and forth. Like there's, I, I found my happy medium. I did the other side and I went, you know, I went, I've enjoyed both sides of the spectrum really. And, and I, where I'm at now in life is, is exactly where I want to be at. But Obviously, you can grow and, and whatever. So don't 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 take it like as if I don't want to grow and, and change as a person because I do. I, I I aspire to be a better person every single day. But like I'm comfortable with my my what appeases me every single day. Um, but anyways, uh, so I I get into like the the fantasy world and there's a game that I play after like learning about Dungeons and Dragons that was based off of the Dungeons and Dragons rule set, which is a game called Baldur's Gate. And so Baldur's Gate takes place in, and and in, in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, there's a make-believe uh, world in that, in that game. And they have their cities and their towns and they have their creatures and their, their races and, and everything of that nature. But the Baldur's Gate takes place in a small part of the Southwest portion of this, this entire universe essentially or not universe but like the world i guess and um the games are great i love them they're not like action-packed they're traditional rpg games you really just point and click it's all turn-based you you choose your your uh, abilities and then like when it's go your abilities go and then when it's the opponent's turn they go and it's it's turn-based that's what turn-based means and i enjoyed the, uh, Baldur's Gate 1, I loved it. And then I got into Baldur's Gate 2 after the fact. And then after that, they came out with like other uh, games. Uh, the same company came out with Icewind Dale and Neverwinter Nights. Both great games as well. But it was something about Baldur's Gate that I loved that storyline, that plotline better than, than those other ones as well. All of them taking place in the same geographic world, all under the Dungeons & Dragons world set. But... Something about Baldur's Gate and its storyline I really gravitated towards the most. But after the second game, they never made another game. And it sucked. And as I got older, I really, really, really wanted a video game that uh, drew from the Dungeons & Dragons universe. Because I, I don't, I've, I've played very few tabletop games. I've tried Warhammer, which is like the probably the second most popular behind. I don't know. I'd be very curious to see which one, and maybe in my live podcast, I'll, I'll look into it. But there's the uh, they're the two most popular. But I don't know which one's more popular than the other. There's Dungeons and Dragons and Warhammer. Warhammer is a little bit different because you really to play that game, you really need miniatures, and miniatures are like these little. You make all the pieces, and like all the pieces represent your like your battle group and and it's really fun but it's very expensive because you uh to really have fun playing warhammer and it's it's great but you really are required to like you know buy your pieces draw your pieces paint them get really involved in it and it it, to me it's just not as as it's more like battle driven and story plotted for like one instance it's really hard to have a campaign in warhammer but people do I never really played Warhammer that way. It was always like, you know, this is like the the the, the plot for this battle and like how do we like who's going to win between these two sides. Um 
But those were only two I really played as a kid. And then as I got older, Mike introduced me to other ones because he would always try to get me back into playing RPG games. And very recently, we've played two different ones I never have been, I've never played before. But I just, I, I grew up on Dungeons and Dragons through him, and I just love that universe that I just, I wish I could play more and more Dungeons and Dragons. Actually, before I had my daughter, Mike, uh, me, a good friend of mine, Alex, uh, his friend, uh, May, and my wife, we were playing a Dungeons and Dragons campaign for a little bit before we had our daughter, but once we had her, we thought at first we could probably maintain it, but we realized it was going to be very difficult. And so we unfortunately had to be the ones to kind of cancel everything. But we had a blast. My wife had a blast as well. So uh, anyways, um, I'm waiting for a good game to come out with this rule set. None have come out with the, with the current edition rules. But finally, finally, in October, so soon, in a couple weeks... Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be coming out. And I am so excited because the company that is, uh, it's called Larian Studios, I believe it's the name of the company. But they made a game previous to this called, uh, and they've made uh, a couple games actually. But the one that I played, the most recent one was Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, it looks almost identical to how Baldur's Gate's going to look, Baldur's Gate 3. But their engine and the way that their game works was so fun. I really liked it. I liked the storytelling and the way that they built this RPG. Was, it was a blast to play. It was pretty short-lived. It was, like I played through it pretty quickly. Um, I always play like very evil in my games that I play. Uh, again, I like to play these RPGs very opposite of the type of character that I am. Because when I, like, when I was playing the most recent Dungeons & Dragons session with my wife and, and Alex and May... I, I played a character that aligned more like with me, but I didn't really enjoy it so much because um, it I felt like I wasn't being in character. I felt like I was just being myself through a character, which some people appreciate. Some people enjoy doing that. For me, I'd rather play characters that just are completely opposite of me. So every time I play video games that allow me to pick an alignment between being good and evil, I always pick being evil. And a lot of people think it's because I want to be an evil person. And that's not the case. It's just because I know uh, it's completely opposite of the type of person I am. And so I appreciate seeing what those choices lead to and and how much hurt can happen in, in, in those areas. Because I, I feel like you should always try to understand both sides. And, I've, and, and being through, like, I don't want to go out there and experiment hurting people I did that for a little bit when I was younger, going through like the whole transition from being an introvert to an extrovert, and I never enjoyed it. It was horrible. It felt wrong. Like I, I, I dropped it as quickly as possible. But you know, being bad to people is—it's just not in me. It's, it's just like I don't enjoy doing those things. Like, have I made mistakes that negatively impact people? Yes, of course, we all have in life. But I don't actively go out of my way to do those things. Like, I know of plenty of people in my life that I've met that do that, that I can understand a little bit more because I feel like as I role play these, these individuals, I, I better understand who they are and it allows me to empathize and maybe get to understand people a little bit better. So maybe I can help them transition from the mindsets that they have to being a better person. Now, when I play RPG games, I don't think that far ahead. I just, I'd want to be someone that I'm just not in, in life and so it's easy for me to always default to being an evil person so 
But Mike is such a good person and he doesn't enjoy making story plot lines where we're evil. Even though the current one that we're in at the moment, we're, we're right on the teeter point of being evil. We're more like contracted assassins willing to like work for anyone. So we're like, I guess you could say we're like neutral evil. We're not completely evil. We're, we're only just doing things based off of who, whoever pays us the most. Because I know for a fact, my, like at first we all wanted to kind of go like an evil campaign, but he wasn't up for it. And I understand like it's it's outside of Mike's character and he even in a role play session, he doesn't want to be different than, than how he he normally is. But um, I, I, I can't wait for Baldur's Gate 3, to be honest. And uh, I was showing my wife the game today and I was telling her because I think there's a multiplayer uh, feature in the game, which the other Baldur's Gate games didn't have, at least not the RPG ones. They made like side games that were like more like action games. But the actual Baldur's Gate games, they did have a multiplayer feature, but they weren't that great, which because it was like dial-up speeds back then. And it's like no one <laughs> – it just wasn't fun at all, at least for me. Maybe some other people had fun playing multiplayer in Baldur's Gate. But um, I think Baldur's Gate 3 does have multiplayer. Again, it's the same – it's pretty much identical to Baldur's Gate 2 in the way that you play. It's just better graphics, uh, better storytelling – and I, I'm really interested in, in this story plot line because essentially you're playing a character that doesn't remember who he is, I believe, I think so, because that's how normally Divinity does their games. So it's very similar to how like um, uh, Elder Scrolls, a lot of people know about Elder Scrolls like Skyrim and, and Morrowind. But when you play those characters, you tend to start off as a person that forgets who they are and that makes it easier for the character creation because you could just make the character as you want. And then as you play the game, you find out that you have an actual history, uh, but you kind of develop your own story as you go, figuring out this who, this person that you once were. And so I think this game starts off the same way as well, Where, but it starts off in a way where you're essentially, you've been kidnapped by an... They're not alien, but they kind of look like aliens. If you know what Cthulhu looks like, they look like humanoid cthulhus but if you don't know what that is they're pretty much humanoid like squids they have like tentacles in front of their face they're like they they're as big as humans and they look like humans but they're really disgusting looking and they're called mind flayers and essentially they're psychic they're able to read minds uh they're very powerful creatures and essentially all they do is they um turn other people into them so they implant like a little tadpole version of themselves into people's brains. And then as those mature, they take over that person and make them turn into a mind flare. And it's really gross the way they look. Uh, you can actually pull up a cinematic for Baldur's Gate 3. They've made some cinematic trailers for the game just to see what mind flares look like. It's They're really disgusting. But I love the storyline. So the storyline takes place 100 years after Baldur's Gate 2. And essentially, you're, you've been captive on the ship. You've recently, you know that you've been implement, implanted with one of these tadpoles into your brain. And uh, essentially, the, the alien, you're able to escape. And you and a group of people all have these tadpoles inside of them. And your, your mission is to not only find out who you are, find out why they kidnapped you in the first place. Or, I mean, you know why they kidnapped you, but you, you need to find out who you are. And also uh, figure out how to get that tadpole out of your head before time runs out and you turn into a mind flare. 
And I'm, I'm really excited because I think the, again, the company that's making the game, it makes really great st- or does a really good job storytelling. And so I am so excited to see this game, but more so because I've just been waiting for so long for a Dungeons and Dragons game to come out that is like modern and goes off of the, the fifth edition rules because I actually enjoy the current edition rules. And if you ever want to get into Dungeons and Dragons, right now is a great time to get into it because it's easy to learn. You can find almost all the information for free online if you want, but you can buy hard books. I should have brought for this podcast my hard books for at least the video podcast, but I'll, I'll reveal it in um, the, the live one that I do on Sunday. But um, all the books that you need for it, you can essentially find for free online. Uh, but, you know, that's obviously doing it the wrong way. You should be paying for it, but you you know, you can find them. Um, I just like having the books because I like cycling through the pages. It just reminds me of the, the good old days. But anyways, um, you need dice, which I actually have here, and I can show you. So uh, for all those that are listening on audio, I'm sorry, but on YouTube, this is one of the benefits to, to the visual way of doing things. But uh, these are metal dice. I do not want to drop them because I have a glass tabletop, but I'm going to try to hold these as firm as possible. Uh, but essentially, the most popular of all the dice in Dungeons & Dragons is a 20-sided die, which is this. And so I'm going to put it in the camera. So as you can see, it's got like 20 sides to the dice. And you use that dice for um, rolling uh, everything, essentially. Like when you attack, when you dodge, when you're making uh, saving throws, and um, this doesn't determine the, the amount of damage that you do. It's more like determines if you're going to get hit or if you hit something. Then comes uh, like the other dice that you do use for calculating damage. And so this one right here is a 10-sided die. So that's for like more powerful attacks. This is a four-sided die. This is for like the weaker damage. But essentially it's like a, a pyramid. Sorry, it's like a pyramid that's a four-sided die. This is an eight-sided die. And so, again, that's for calculating damage and some other things as well. But essentially, it's like a, a diamond, a three-dimensional diamond. This is a 12-sided die. And essentially, it's kind of like a, um, a, a, a... What are those called? I'm forgetting already. Like... It's a dreidel. It looks like a dreidel. If you're Jewish, you know what that is. But if you're not Jewish, it looks like a dreidel. Uh, but it's essentially six sides on the top, six sides on the bottom. That's a 12-sided dice. And then the traditional, everyone knows this because everyone uses this, the six-sided die, which is obviously the six sides. And so with all these dice, you use these to roll for, like I said, calculating if you're going to hit, if you're going to dodge. And the other ones are for calculating damage done to yourself or done to other opponents based off the weapon or like your spells or whatever you're using. This other one is a is technically a hundred sided die, but it's essentially a ten sided die with um, the numbers being in tens, ten, twenty, thirty, forty kind of way. I really just wanted to do that to test this. I really don't use the capabilities of this camera that often. And so I wanted to just use that so I could show the autofocus on this camera. It's, it's so crazy, man. I can't believe it's able to zoom in on these dice and then focus back. That is so sick. Anyways, 
That's the only reason I was talking about these dice. No, uh, but uh, I actually enjoy... Uh, so you can buy these dice pretty cheap. You can find them for like $5 on Amazon, or you can spend, like I think I spent $10 for these metal dice. Um, and then all you need is like a group of people and one person to tell the story. And if you... Most people actually do enjoy creating a universe. It might seem difficult to learn at first, but it really isn't. As long as you have one person that's familiar with the rules, they really can simplify it for everyone. Because my wife didn't know how to play Dungeons and Dragons and Alex and our crew didn't know how to play Dungeons and Dragons, but they learned really quickly after our first gaming session. Um, And fifth edition really made the rules very easy. Or you could go, there's a really popular group of people on YouTube that I, I love watching their content, but they're called critical rule. So critical, like, um, yeah, just critical, and then roll, R-O-L-E. Um, if you look them up on YouTube, they're, they ha- they simplify everything for you, and you can get into Dungeons & Dragons pretty quickly through them. They have something called a, a handbook or helper, and they kind of go quickly on, on like helping you understand the rules, how to play the game, the races, the classes. But I hope more and more people get into this. And, and the whole point of this podcast is the, the big message behind all of it is that I always ask myself, what time period of life did I really enjoy? Because it's, honestly, it's a difficult question for me, at least. Because when I was younger, life was very simple. And I grew up in a, a, like a nice area. I did whatever I wanted to a degree. Obviously, I didn't want to get my ass whooped by my mom. But <laughs> um, but I was, I was a good kid anyways. But like, you know, I did a lot of reckless things. And I also did a lot of nerdy things. And I did a lot of traveling and a lot of great stuff as a kid. But I will say that I actually enjoy now more so than ever before because now I have options. Now I have choices. And now it's cool to be a nerd. And before I felt isolated as an individual. And I felt like I had to suppress the idea of being a nerd because it really minimized my ability to socialize with the majority of the people I knew. This time around, everyone is trying to be that person that I grew up being. And I actually, I give it a hard time sometimes. I I try to tell people like, oh yeah, whatever. You're not really a nerd. You just got into it. But, you know, I'm only doing that just as a joke. I'm not trying to really offend anyone and disrespect anyone. Uh, But no, seriously, this is like my time, okay? Like, let it go. Okay, no, I'm joking. But um, I really do enjoy it. I, I think it's awesome. I see more people playing video games. I see more like... I have so many options now and, and like the nerdy stuff is starting to become more and more popular and I love it. It's so great. Like the movies, the, the comics, the like all of it's just great. And so when my daughter grows up, she's going to feel like cool playing nerdy stuff. And I'm so excited because I can't like I know one of the, the greatest things you could do for your kids is to role play with them. And that's one of the things that I really enjoy that I think I do a little bit better than my wife is it's like being a character around my daughter. I can be whatever I want to be around her. And it's not because I'm charismatic, but it's because I have this ability and I've done it for so long of playing different characters and role-playing different people that it's easy for me to just pick up a toy and be like, hey, because I mean, I do that still. I I enjoy being a kid. Like being a kid is so awesome. I'm an adult kid. And I like, I always wondered when I was a kid what I was going to grow up to be like. And I don't think I ever would have thought that I would have still been a nerd because I felt like being a nerd was always going to keep me in a small group of people. And, you know, I didn't, I, 
I didn't like that feeling of being alone. Um, it, it, even at that age, I just didn't enjoy it. But now I love it. <laughs> now, like, if my old self could go back to my young self and be like, hey, little Jason, don't worry about it, buddy. In like 10 years, everyone's going to love doing what you do. So keep up being a nerd, man. It's it's going to be great. I don't think I ever would have believed my future self, but it, it's it's really awesome. So go out there. If you're looking for something to do right now during this pandemic, I definitely highly recommend Dungeons & Dragons. Like I said, it's not really costly if you find your way around it. If you want to reach out to me personally, I could probably point you in the right direction. Like I said, though, YouTube, Critical Role for sure. Awesome resource on, on learning to get into this. Dice you can find on Amazon for super cheap. The books themselves, you can find ebooks out there uh, illegitimately if you want to do it that way. Or you can find them for sometimes discounted as well. But definitely get into it. It's really fun. Uh, or sometimes people will actually lend you. They'll download. Again, they're not technically supposed to do this, but they'll lend you their ebook or, or their book as well and let you get into it. There's plenty of forums, plenty of Facebook groups that you can get in on a moment. And, and, and all of them are always welcoming to new people. And then when this pandemic ends, upgrade yourself from doing it online to going in person because it's so fun. It really is. But anyways, this whole podcast, just the appreciation of being a nerd. I love it. It's great. Times are awesome. And um, I just can't wait to have like my daughter, me, like I'll be the dungeon master and having my wife, my daughter and some other kids like role playing uh, and then Dungeons and Dragons session is going to be like, it makes me get emotional a little bit and I don't want to like portray that on here, but it really is going to be the cutest thing ever. Like I cannot wait. It's like, it's so cool to pass that on. Like it's so cool to like pass things on to kids. That, that has to be tomorrow's podcast. I have to talk about that tomorrow. Like this idea of passing on like these things to, to little ones is it's like something a lot of people just take for granted, but I just, it makes me so emotional. Anyways, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast and me ranting about being a nerd. Um, and I'll catch you guys manana. Peace.